Well, thank you, ladies, for that song. He's the king of Zion, and he's still on the throne, right? And he's a giver of grace. That's the title of the message this morning. And so let's go right at it. And uh, before that, as I'm getting ready here, you notice all the beautiful decoration that we have. And it's uh, Mrs. Check, Miss Sharon Check, that came Friday. And then uh, Saturday, and the Torito family uh, helped, helped her and get everything put up. And so if you want to go say something to them, you could. And uh, we're getting ready for Christmas, all right? A great celebration of the greatest gift ever given, and that's the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let's go ahead and turn our scriptures now uh, when I find it. I need to figure out what I'm preaching this morning, right? Let me get over there and get my notes all ready. And uh, Psalms, chapter number 84, if you want to turn to the book of Psalms, we'll start over there. And if you want to take a pen and a piece of paper, you could use the back of your bulletin. I'm going to go through a lot of scripture. I'm going to try to do it as, as, uh, as timely as possible and get us going on the day. And I hope you have some plans today to be with family or just enjoy it with your, with your family and just uh, be a blessing to somebody and be an encouragement. A lot of people are hurting, and so let us be an encouragement to one another. Let's bear somebody else's burden. Let's do that today. I see a lot of, uh, I see a lot of things that have happened to our people. I've been made aware of it, being the pastor as the shepherd of the church. I've learned some things, and so I have a heavy heart myself thinking of people today that are going through some things. And so uh, this thought came to my mind, and I hope it will be an encouragement to you if I ever find where Psalms is, all right? Psalms 84, Psalms chapter number 84, and verse number 11. And uh, so that's where we, we find ourselves. And if you are uh, able to, I do it once in a while. Um, I'll try to honor the Word of God, and one of the ways we could do that is we can stand, just like they did in the book of Ezra. And so if you're able to stand bodily, let's do it one more time before we sit here for a little bit. Psalms chapter number 84 and verse number 11, and I'm going to read it to you. Just follow along as I read to you. The Bible tells us in that verse, for the Lord God is a son. Wow. Just imagine that. For the Lord God is a son and shield. The Lord will. Give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Ponder that for a second. Sometimes we scam and skim through some verse. But let me read it one more time. It's a powerful verse and it has caught my attention. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Lord, this morning, uh, there's just so many in my mind and in my heart personally that I'm praying for, that I've cried for, and that I'm burdened for. And I know that others of my brethren here have many names, even in their mind and their heart. And some of them, Lord, can't be expressed for the sake of privacy, and be sensitive to others. And Lord, I pray that you'd help all of us, as all of us are bearing our own burdens. But Lord, I pray that not only would you give us enough strength, as the Son can give us that encouragement, 
as the shield can get us that protection. Lord, I pray today that we'll find not enough strength just to bear ours, but Lord, it'll be enough that we can bear others. Lord, help the people that I already prayed for. You know them by name. And Lord, you know the conditions of their heart today. Lord, bless each one that is here and some that are here, I don't even know. They might have burdens. They just haven't had the chance, so let me know. And I don't need to know. More importantly, you, need, you know, and that's really enough. Lord, I pray you bless, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. That word grace is a big topic. It's a huge, huge monumental topic. And I will not do justice to talk about today. There's many facets to grace. There's dying grace. There's saving grace. And so on. And we've heard preaching on some of these things already. And uh, if you're at church here at any length of time, you've heard some preaching on the thought of grace. But I want to look at it from the perspective of God's favor. And the title of the message this morning is The Gift of God's Favor. The Gift of of God's favor. If you're right in your mind, and most of you are, I can see that. All right, nobody got that. That's fine. That's fine. You guys are great. But uh, uh, if, you are, if you are a normal being and that you relish in, in relationship and you know uh, what it means to be loved and you know what it means to love somebody, you desire to be in favor with people. And it's not the idea of what the, talk, the Bible talks about, and be careful of this, that we simply exist, exist to be men-pleasers. All right? That's a whole different topic. All right? God warns us not to be men-pleasers. All right? But it doesn't mean we don't please some men. It doesn't mean that. Right? I'm glad that I have a good relationship with my wife, and we celebrated 14 years. And I feel I have favor with her. You know what I mean by that? I can give her my heart, and I know it's safe. And I can talk to her, and I know she will want to understand what's going on. And I know she knows this, and if not, I'm, I'm making a mistake in my marriage. But I feel I could say this on behalf of my wife, that she knows she has favor with me. And that she can come to me, and that the greatest need she has... She can express her deepest desires and needs. And I know I will try to listen to her. And I will try to be there for her. That's what I'm talking about. Did you know that your God made you so that this is an actual part of his plan for you? And that he wants to give you favor. You know that? Rest in that for a second. God wants the best for you. And he's thinking of you... More than you think of yourself, he is thinking of you. He said he knows your thoughts are far off. He already knows what you're thinking of before he even comes to your mind. And God wants his people, you, you my brother, you my sister, God wants you to relish and be overjoyed with his favor. And I know at times it's hard when you're going through the trials of faith. I want to be an encouragement to you. God says in his word here that he is like the sun. I lived, and we lived in the Philippines as missionaries for 10 years in the very exact 
place we lived in the whole country is known to have the highest percentage of sunlight. I think in the U.S., uh, is there a state that is, is given that uh, accolade, right? The sunshine state. Which one knows that? Is that Florida? Right? And so where we live in the Philippines, Cebu City, per, per capita, per average of the year, we get the most sunshine. And you know what? I miss it. I miss the sunshine. Man, 5 o'clock here, what in the world? It's like 9 o'clock at night. And so that has an effect on people, and that's scientifically proven. Even if you live in places like Alaska where there's a lot of darkness, uh, there is psychological effect on that, and we're not unaware of that as, as, as people that are educated in the medical field. And so it does affect, but look at this verse. That's why the power of this verse tells us this. For the Lord God is a sun. You know, in heaven, the promise is when we live together forever, he said we won't need a sun because he'll be the light of it. God is described as the light of the world. Why, Pastor Chris, you drive positivity? Because my God is good. Park there for a second. There is problems. If you talk to me, you've known that I'd be willing to give you the time and day, and you can tell me all the problems. And I'm not telling you when I'm saying this now is that I don't want to hear the problems. In fact, in other times I've expressed to you, please, I have been given the, the privilege to be your pastor, and part of my responsibility is to bear the burden of my flock. And so I've told you, come to me and give me your burdens. Pastor Chris, how are you bearing the burdens? Because my God is the Son. My God is the Son. And my God is good. And ultimately, it is not in my hands to fix any problem. All I could do is I hear your problem and I can properly pray. And I go to the throne of grace and I say, God, is there any way I could do it? Show me. And I have. I've given you time. I've visited you. At times, you needed something done at your yard. And I go over there or maybe at your uh, place of work and I help you. Physically, I could do something. And let's be, be open to that, to help each other physically if we can. Like Yvonne, that piece of paper that we put in our pocket here that we buy things with, we can give that. All right? We can give that, but, but that's not all that she needs. She needs more than that. She needs a family uh, that will love her past all of that and just, just keep loving her. And then when, when she comes back in our area, and I don't know when that would be, we'll just wrap ourselves around her and let her know uh, that uh, not only our money goes out to you, but ourselves. We want to be a blessing to you, whatever we could do to help you. So I'm not trying to minimize physical effort and trying to help in a physical way. Maybe you have to counsel somebody and use the word of God. Maybe you have to use your friendship with people to get into their life and share them the truth. Maybe that they're struggling with. And be very careful with it. Be very, very, very gentle. Be very, very, very kind. But yet be very, very truthful. Favor is so important. In Jesus, the Bible talks about he grew in favor with God. And he grew favor with men. 
So I'm praying as your pastor, and I'm starting to have favor with you. Some of you have come up to me and have shared some very heavy things, and I'm telling you, I'll bury them with me. They'll go with me in the grave. And I've been praying for you. You're in my heart. You're in my mind. I think of you. If things remind me of a situation, it brings you to mine. That was not there before, but it's there now. And I'm bearing that burden. And so when I say this, God is the sun. I'm trying to encourage you. It's dark out in this world. But may I remind you, whatever it is that you're struggling with, it could be your health, it could be a relationship problem, it could be problems in the church, it could be problems at work, it could be financial, it could be something else. Can I just park for a second and let you know that God says he's the sun. He'll bring the light in that dark situation. You don't understand what's going on. He can enlighten you. He's the light of the world. He can help you. He can really help you. What is grace, what I'm talking about here in Psalms 84 verse 11? He said that he will give grace. And what I mean by that? The idea that he is for us. You know that God is for you? He is for us. And he is on our side. He is on our side. Grace means to be gracious. That's the idea of graciousness comes from. To be gracious and graciousness. And that means to show kindness or favor. And you find phrases in scripture that says this. That I may find grace in thy sight. All right. That means that that individual found grace, favor in the sight of God. He found that in God, God shows kindness and God shows favor. God says, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. God says, I'm going to be right there with you. And when you can't hold on and you can't bear it no more, when you can't do anything anymore, you're at the end of your ropes and you feel no strength, God says, Let me be your son, and let me be your shield, and let me be a buckler to you, and let me be your fortress, and let me be the God that I say I am. Let me help you. Let me help you. God is real, guys. It's it's more real than the movies. God is so real, it's it's more real than the shows we watch. And they, they, they paint a lot of different things in there that, that is sometimes good. You know, people finding love and, and having family and overcoming obstacles in life. And they paint a good thing. But God says, uh, I'm more real than any of that. And I can help you. And I will be here to succor you. And the word is to help you. He is a helper. Look at some people that I noticed in scripture that had this about them in Genesis 6 and verse number 8. But Noah found grace. In the eyes of the Lord. And what did Noah do? He saved his family from the worldwide flood. And God was able to give him grace to do that. To preach the gospel for 120 years. With no response but his own family. And build the ark at the same time. He found grace, favor from God. And he was able to save his family. Look at Exodus 33 and verse 17. You don't have to go there. It's just a reference for you if you want to write it down. Who else found grace in God's sight? Moses. Moses found grace. Isn't that what Moses do? He led the slavery of 
uh, he eradicated the slavery of Israel by the Egyptians. He took them out. Let my people go. And God gave him grace. And he able to take about 2 million people out of Egypt and walk right out with no army, no weapons, nothing. Walk right out. And goes into the wilderness. And obviously they had problems there. But eventually they found themselves under the leadership of Joshua in the promised land. Then Job. Job 10 in verse number 12. We find that Job found grace. So Job, what did happen to Job? Job lost every little, everything that in his life that was precious to a person. He lost his family. He lost his livelihood. He lost his reputation. He lost everything, just all gone. He was sitting on ashes with sores all over his body. And his friends uh, berailed him and preached at him and thought this and that. And they preached good stuff, but it was not appropriated. It was not right. They didn't know God. Only Elihu spoke for the Lord. And God said about Elihu, he spoke in God's stead. I'm glad that God always will bring somebody in his behalf to tell you. He'll come and help you, just like Nathan came to David. And so we find here that uh, Job, after losing everything, he found grace. And I think, and I believe this, as Yvonne continues to live, God will help her give grace, give him grace. Give her grace. So here's some areas I'm going to look at really quick, and I'm going to give it to you really fast if you're taking notes. Areas where we experience this grace that I'm talking about, this, this facet of God's grace. All right, Number one, it's in salvation. Number one, the first place you find it as a human being is when Christ died for you as a sinner. You were in dire need. You had no way. To, uh, to fix the problem of sin. You have no way. Your willpower couldn't do it. Your being good couldn't do it. Your righteousness in God's sight was filthy rags. There was no way out of this problem. And God gives grace and gave you a gift in his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world, John three sixteen, that he gave his only begotten son. And you find verses that talks about salvation and finding grace there in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Titus two eleven says this. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. What brings salvation? You? No. Your good works? No. The things that you do that are good? No. It's the grace of God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men. You know, today, you can get the gift of God's favor, God's grace. If you're lost today, what I mean by that? You don't know where you're going. A lost person doesn't know where they're going. All right? And if you're lost today, you have no idea you're going to make it to heaven. If I ask you this simple question, can I ask you, if you can answer in your heart, and I ask you this, are you 100% sure? You have no doubt, no shadow of a doubt, that if your life is over now, it's done, you died on this life. Are you 100% sure you're going to find yourself in heaven? And if you say to me, this, if your answer from your heart is this, I don't know. Or if you find that your answer in your heart, you say, I hope so. Or I, I want to. Then let me tell you this, you're lost. All right? 
And Jesus says in John 14 and verse 6, he's very clear. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by, through me. And so Jesus Christ is what you need today. And that grace that I'm talking about, this favor of God, starts at salvation. If you're lost today, the salvation of God is for you. Romans 3 and verse 24. Romans 3.24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in the church. Redemption in baptism. Redemption in uh, uh, being righteous. No. This grace was freely given through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He's the one that died on the cross. There was no religion that did it. It was Jesus Christ. It was a person. Salvation is in a person. All right? It's not in a religion. It's in a person. And so in this church, although we may be Baptist, but we believe in that Jesus Christ alone can save. Not being a Baptist can save. It's only Jesus Christ. And so this grace, the favor that I was talking about, the kindness that I'm talking about that God wants to bestow upon every one of us starts at salvation. And upon salvation, it then gets added upon and added upon. And you'll find that here as we go through the rest of areas of life that we can experience this grace. So it starts at salvation. And then it goes on, number two, it goes into spiritual gifts. It goes into spiritual gifts. And what is that? If you're a Christian, you know what I'm talking about. I hope you do. That means God supernaturally, through the Holy Ghost, gives you ability that you didn't have before to do things in the ministry of God. To do things to serve God with. A gift. A spiritual gift. Look at Romans chapter number 12 and verse number 6, if you would. Romans chapter number 12, uh, verses 6 to 8. And let me read that to you. And it says... Having then gifts, differing according to what? Because you're smart? Because you're talented? Because you're intelligent? You're just that good. That's why. No. Look at the verse. Having then gifts, differing, that means all of us have different ability. All right? Because God chose that to be. Because we need each other. Each one is important. Having then gifts, differing according to the grace that is given to us, Whether prophecy, I'm the preacher, so I preach. That's God's gift to me, calling. Let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith. And the key to the gifts, as is the key to salvation, is faith. You know, the only thing that you're required of in true Christianity, the only thing requirement I always see in Scripture, always, is simply you believing. Faith. That's the key to all of it. It's always faith. How do you get saved? By God's grace. How do you access that grace? How do you get that grace? If I had a gift to you, let me see if I have some money here. I do. My, babe, can you come here for a second? I just want to see you really close to me, and I'm going to give you some money. But this is an illustration. I want it back, all right? It's an illustration. You have your own money, but I want this back. So I got some money right here. That's my grace and my kindness and favor because I just love her. Look at how she's so beautiful. I adore her. And so my gift, this is an illustration. She doesn't deserve this. <laughs> According to the scripture now, okay. Oh, this, is, this illustration is going to backfire on me. 
All right, all right. You know what I'm talking about, right? We don't deserve the grace. It's a gift, right? We didn't earn it. I should say she didn't earn this, but she didn't have to because I love her. Is that better now? All right, good. (laughs) So if I'm going to give grace like this, how is she going to access that grace? How is she going to get it? She has to use something. She used her hand to pick it up. And that idea of the hand on that side, that motion she did to grab, to receive, you know what that is represented in the verse in Ephesians 2? It's faith. That's what she needed. I had the grace. She has to have the faith. And her motion to pick it up is the faith. And now guess what? She has my grace. I gave it to her. And that starts at salvation, and now it continues in our Christian life. Let me have my money back. <laughs> All right? And it continues in this God gifting us to be a prophet. If you know me when I was 12, I was the shyest thing on planet Earth. You won't believe that. You talk to my real mom in the Philippines, my, my biological mom, uh, not that she's not my real mom, but you know what I mean. Uh, if you talk to her, she was shocked. When I told her I preach, when I first came back as a 12-year-old boy. In fact, I brought the Bible, and I went to the house, and I had my family gathered, and I said, I'm going to tell you about what Jesus said about salvation. And I opened up the Bible, and my mom's looking like, what is he doing? Because I have a very quiet kid. And so I see the gifting of God. I needed those things so that I can stand before you. I'm still shaking in my boots today, but... Uh, that's, that's as it goes. I, I need the Lord in doing what I'm doing. And so whether it be prophecy according to the proportion of faith, verse 7, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teaches. That's the hardest thing to do as Americans because we're goal-oriented. And so we got something we need to get done. And so we know how to get it done. But then here's time that it takes to get it done. And the effect of what we did takes time for the product to come, just like a farmer. farmer knows what to do, knows when to plant, knows the seed to plant, plows it. But guess what he has to do? After everything he has done is done, what does he have to do now? Wait. Wait for the crop to grow. And so God's telling us here on ministry, let us wait on a mission. Let me encourage those that are ministering to other people, that are helping other people bear their burdens. It's not going to take overnight for some problems to go away. It'll take time. And don't give up because thinking, well, I did all the work and nothing happens. You're like a farmer that planted that morning and that afternoon you want to harvest corn. It's going to take time. Be patient. Wait on your ministering. If you're working with any kind of group of people, teenagers, children, adults, any kind of ministering, you're working with people, you have to wait for God's product that you are applying to work, and you have to be patient. Parents, we're going to have homework, uh, Sunday school lesson next week. We're going to start. And raising children, it seems like, man, I've... I've done what God says, do this, do this, do this, but it's not working. You have to wait because those kids have to grow up. And then the Bible says, train them up in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they're not depart from it. You have to have time and you have to have patience. Wait on your ministering here. And look at uh, teaching. And he that teacheth on teaching, verse number eight, or he that exhorteth 
That's the encourager. I like to be that guy. Or he that exhorted on exhortation. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. All right? And so you find that spiritual gifts, and that is given to us by the grace of God. Now, number three. Another area. It starts in salvation. Then we're gifted to serve him, to help each other. And then number three. Sins forgiven. Sins forgiven. So we find salvation. We find spiritual gifts. We look at sins forgiven. Look at Romans 5, verse number 18. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 18. Romans chapter number 5 and verse number 18 to verse number 21. It says, Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to be condemned. Now, if you know the story in, in Romans 5.12, it talks about the Adam. Because of Adam, sin came into the world. And because of sin, death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So that's the problem. The first man sinned, and so death passed upon all of us. That's what it's talking about here in context. Now, it says, let me read it again, verse 18. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Who's that one? The second Adam or the last Adam the Bible talks about in 1 Corinthians. Who would that be? Jesus came by the obedient. Remember in Philippians chapter 2, he was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And so when Jesus came and, oh, and give us the offering and the sacrifice to Almighty God, God's wrath was satisfied. And that was Jesus. All right? In verse number 20, moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Verse 21, that as sin had reigned unto death, even so my grace, look at, look at this. We all know the power of sin in our lives. All of us that face uh, weaknesses and temptation. We know there's things that overcome us. And so look at this, look at this verse in verse 21. That as the sin had reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. And we find God gave us grace through Jesus Christ. He gives us the power and the ability to live the righteous life. All right? And so sin is forgiven. Because God has the power to forgive sin. The Pharisees were questioning Jesus because Jesus was going around in his ministry and he's saying, God, I forgive your sin. I forgive your sin. I forgive your sin. Your sins are forgiven. And so they were like, what? Who is this guy going around saying he forgives sin? They didn't realize he was God in the flesh and he can forgive sin. And you know what? If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins have been forgiven. All of it has been forgiven. And that is the experience of this favor and kindness of God. He has forgiven your sins. Number four, you experience the grace of God in this area, separation for service. God sets us apart to serve. Separation for service. Look at Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 15. Galatians chapter 1 verse number 15. Uh, if, you, if you please, go there quickly. Galatians John, uh, not, not Galatians John, sorry. Galatians 1. 
Galatians chapter number 1 and verse number 15. And it says there, but when it pleased God who separated me, this is Paul now, talking about himself here, Romans, uh, Galatians. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. And that's what I was talking about. In this life, God is going to lead you as a Christian into a spiritual gift, and he's going to give you a ministry to somebody else. That's why I was very clear, and I said this at one point, that no man tells you what to do in service for God. It's God has to reveal that in your heart. Now, he's going to use the preacher, and the preacher is going to come to you and say, we have a need in the nursery. We have a need to teach children's church. We have a need to teach this particular area. We can use somebody to do this in the church. We could, uh, I can give that to you because I'm the shepherd. I'm the under-shepherd. God knows the needs, and he reveals it to me, and I make known it to you. But at the same time, I hope that when you do these things that you do, it's not simply because a man told you to do it. It has to be God. And when you hear that, just like I told you, when God used Pastor Cole and wrote me that letter to say, there's a possibility and we would like, if you would pray about it, to be our next pastor. When that was written to me, God used Pastor Cole to reveal to me the need at this particular church. But guess what? Eventually, I came, but I told him, I'm not going to be called by, a, by you. I have to be called by God. And Pastor Cole knows that. And so what happens? I prayed for six months. Until God says, this is the time. You are the guy. Take it. And so I did. In your life, that has to be the case when you're serving in the church. All right? Ultimately, God's going to use the authority. He's going to use people in the church. But then it has to be because God told you to do that. You should be doing nursery because God told you. You should be teaching or being a part of the children department, whatever it is, because God said yes. You should be in the teen department because God says yes. You should be singing here because God says yes. You should be preaching or teaching because God says yes. Do you understand that, that principle? Are we still together now? Ephesians 3 and verse number 7. Whereof I was made a minister because I wanted to. It was just, it felt right. I got the gift of gab, so I just, I just feel like it's the right move for me. Not according to this verse. Wherefore, I was made a minister. This is Paul again. According to the gift of the grace of God. Given unto me by the effectual working of his power. All right. God is working in people, leading them into ministries and doing things for him by himself. All right. He will use people to bring the need to you. And he will use them to kind of help you because uh, to, to give you some authority in doing some of those things. But ultimately, it's God leading in your heart. So that's why when I come to you, I don't tell you what to do. I ask you, hey, I feel led uh, of the Lord to talk to you about this. We have a need in the choir department. And so, brother, would you uh, consider this and pray about this? Could you be the guy to lead us in the choir? That's how I approach that. Why? Because I'm not God. 
And they have to have the leading from God. And so we waited and we waited. And finally that individual says, all right, pastor, I feel like I could do it. And so I know that God is leading that person to do that particular job. Do you understand what I'm talking about? All right, lastly, because we're almost done here. Lastly, an area that we can experience grace. Number one, we see that it started as salvation, correct? And then it goes on to spiritual gifts. And then we see that sin's forgiven. We see the grace of God. Number four, separation for service. And so lastly here this morning, and we'll continue with another aspect of this message at another time. But lastly this morning, number five, it gives us strength for service. And that's why somebody that is believed by faith that he or she is in a particular uh, ministry or doing things for God is not going to be stopped by man because the man did not appoint them. It was God that burdened them and called them to do those things. And so no man can stop them. Only God can stop them, all right, because of that reason. And so we see that because God is the one that gives them strength. And that helps all of us not to be burnt out in the ministry because we're not doing it in our strength. We're doing it in God. Remember, the Lord is the sun and shield, not us. We don't draw our own power. We plug into Jesus, and he continually gives us grace to keep going and 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 going. That's the reason, not us. Look at 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 10. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 10. And it says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Who's this talking now? This is Paul. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain. All right, bestowed means given. All right? And his grace which was given upon me was not in vain. But look at the verse verse. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a statement of arrogancy. It's not a statement of being pompous and saying, look at me. It's not a statement of pride. It's a statement of, of, of truth. All right? And look at what it says. By, for the, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace, which was bestowed upon me, he's giving the credit where credit is due here, was not in vain. But look at what it says next. But I labored more abundantly. Look at those words. I labored more abundantly than they all. Why? Why? How could he do the things he did? Because here's the problem. As human beings, we categorize all of these things. And what we do is... We take God out of the picture of an individual's life. Oh, he could pray like that because he's just that way. We credit the human being. Don't credit the human being. Oh, he gives because they just have money. No, 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 no. You cheapen God in their life. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't give credit to the man or the woman that's doing this amazing thing. Give credit to the God of that woman, the God of that man. Because it's only because of God they get to do that. I don't give credit to Pastor Cole directly for pastoring for 40 years. I give credit to his God that I know he has a walk with. That's who I give credit to. But in the meantime, because he's my friend, 
I'm kind to him, and he's kind to me. I encourage him, and I say, Pastor, thank you for being faithful. But he knows. He knows full well that he couldn't have done that without God's grace. And you will not make it either. If you continue doing things in your flesh alone, you will not be here. You will not be here. You will not make it. I encourage you, tap into this grace I'm talking about. You already have it at salvation. Just don't let go. All right? Not that you're going to lose salvation, but now that you're tapped in, remain there because he's going to keep encouraging you and he's going to keep giving you abilities to keep going and doing things. Look at, yet not I, he said, but the grace of God which was with me. The grace of God remains. God's grace is first given as salvation, but we continue to have it by being plugged in Christ. And look at last verse this morning, we're done, and we'll continue another aspect of this message at another time, part two. But part one will be done, John 1 and verse 16. John 1 and verse number 16. And the verse, I think, after that says, The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. That's verse 17. But look at verse 16 of John chapter number 1 and verse number 6. And of his fullness, the entirety of God, and of his fullness have all we received. What? What have we received? In God being who God is. What do we receive? Grace for grace. What a powerful statement. You might glance to it and say, what is that? Why is there grace and grace? What is all that in there? And his fullness have all we receive, grace for grace. Let me, let me say this to you. And I hope I say it right. I hope you understand the context of what I'm saying this. Some of you are not taking full advantage of God. Some of you are not taking full advantage of God. What I mean by that? You have his salvation, but you want to stop there. You have his grace to be a good husband, but you want to stop there. You have his grace to be a good church member and a brother and a sister in Christ, but you want to stop there. I'm telling you, let me, let me just park it here for a second and I'm done. The fullness of God will give you more than enough power to get the job done that he asks of you. Every little thing he asks of you, you can do it. Because his fullness gives us grace for grace. I don't know what's ahead of me. I know what was behind me. And the only way I survived what was behind me was because God's grace. And guess what? The only way I'm going to survive the next events in my life, I don't know what could happen to me. I could lose my dear wife. I could lose my kids. I could lose my own life. I could lose my home. I could lose my reputation. I could just lose everything. But I know the only way I got saved was because of God's grace. And I access it by faith. And the only way I'm making it in life and doing the things that I should be doing 
is because of my, God's faith. And so the future, guess what I'm going to try to do? Because God says, I'm going to give you grace for grace. I'm just going to go ahead and say, all right, if you've done all of those, I'm going to just keep doing your grace. I'm just going to keep accessing it by faith. Now I'm in this situation where I lost somebody I love. Now I'm living this life. What am I going to do now? Well, hold on to the grace of God. I went through this strategy in my life. Well, let me encourage you. Hold on to the grace of God. He'll get you through it. The Lord is my son and my shield. He is all that I need to survive. And his grace, in its fullness, I'm going to take every, every, listen, I'm going to take every advantage of it. Every, raising my children. I've got a teenager here coming up. And I'm starting to see the teenager effects. And I'm baffled. I'm like, what do I say now? I, I don't, be quiet. But I know she's got emotion that has to be expressed. Because she's a human being. And she has to express them now. So now I have to learn to be quiet. And listen to her. And listen to him. I mean, my life is changing all around me. I'm getting older. I'm seeing doctors for things I never knew I needed to see doctors for. What, what am I going, what's going on? Things happening in the Philippines. At the same time, it's happening here. Things are breaking down over there. Things are needing attention over here. I need to go over there. That person needs over there. And, and I'm going like this. And you know what I have to do? The Lord is the sun and shield. And he's going to get me through this the same way he's done it over and over and over and over and over again is his grace. Are you taking full advantage of your God? Because he's saying to you, you can. Because my fullness, I will give you grace for grace. What an encouragement. I hope it was. And let us pray. Our time is up. Lord, we're, we're thankful today. We can take and partake of the gift of your favor, grace. We can take full advantage of your kindness. We can take full advantage of your help. We can really, really, really get all of it. And Lord, I pray anybody is being hindered here, maybe they're discouraged or disappointed. Lord, I pray that they'll come back to you. And hold on to the grace that got them through many things. And it's going to be the same grace that's going to get them through this. Lord, bless our people. Bless each and everyone that's here. Lord, we ask that you help us now as we close the service. In Jesus' name. Can I just have everybody with their heads bowed and their eyes closed? You can stand just in an attitude of prayer. And the pianist is going to play. The piano player is going to play here for us. And uh, we're going to sing our last song of invitation here pretty soon. But uh, maybe just a mindful, maybe you want to pray for Yvonne. Maybe you want to pray for other people that was mentioned to you. I don't want to take that uh, privilege from you. And if you want to do that, you can come to the front here and pray. You can do that right now if you want to come and pray about something. Pray about somebody that's hurting. Maybe you need something yourself. God says, come boldly to the throne of grace, if, uh, Hebrews 4.16. You can do that now if you want to. But I want to talk a little bit about those that maybe are lost. You don't know for sure that you're going to heaven. Nobody's looking. This is an attitude of privacy. Nobody's looking. Bow your head and close your eyes. It's just for the sake of being kind to somebody.
We want to give you time to respond to this. And you say, Pastor Chris, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure that I'm going to go to heaven. I don't know that for sure, but I would like to know that. Would you pray for me? And just simply raise your hand if you're, you're that individual. You say, I want to know. I just don't know for sure. I, I want to know what God says about it. And here's my hand, Pastor Chris. Uh, could you please pray for me? Anybody like that? Anybody like that this morning? I don't want to belab- belabor this, but if you don't know for sure, you could just raise your hand and we'll pray for you. All right? And if you want to talk to us later, you can. And we'll show you what God says. All right? But let us go ahead and uh, sing a song now. And our people are, are in the altar here. Let's give them some time. So turn your hymn books to 816. 820. 821. 821. And uh, let's give some people time to pray. 821. If you want to come, you can come as we're singing. Page 821. And we'll be done this morning, okay? 821. Grace greater than our sin. Let us sing the first one. 